0: Spectrum's brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. Before a new idea can become a way of thinking, before one detail can flip the narrative, before anything that matters can change the world, it must, above all, be known. The duty of the Scripps College of Communication is to bring forth the people who bring forth the knowledge. By word or image or data stream and in every medium and by all means, they succeed. They say, make it loud, make it clear, make it known. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. On Spectrum, we cover a wide range of topics that are important in our daily lives. We feature journalists, authors, scholars, policy makers, activists, scientists, innovators, and sometimes people who just have fascinating stories. Today we talk with Leslie Van Ness, Director of Talent Acquisition at Gray Television, and Ian Rubin. TV and Digital News Director for WOIO in Cleveland. We talk with these veteran newspeople about the position of local TV news in our ever-changing media landscape and what skills are necessary to succeed in today's broadcast media world. Tell me about the hiring in the news industry. You know, I'm looking at Pew reports. It says the total newsroom population is down 26% since 2008. Uh, but that's mostly in newspapers, not so much in broadcast. In fact, broadcast is hiring more people. Why is that?
1: I think the landscape in general – has created a need for for more people in various positions obviously the digital landscape has added so much to the workload that our newsrooms do it's no longer oh you're a broadcast producer but I also need you to do stuff on digital and oh you're also an anchor but then I need you to come and do OTt you know you can't do that as easily Ott
0: anymore. for our listeners mm-hmm. means over the top thank you
1: <laughs> and streaming you know if that's an easy way to sort of understand and consume it how you would you know, Get your apps that you watch, whatever, on your smart television. But I think that it's also a need for this – the 24-7 news cycle is even so much more heightened than it was 10 years ago because of the cell phones and you know everything in the palm of your hand and that constant – Look down for more content. What else, what's happened in the last hour? So the you know, last
0: thing I do at night yeah. and the first thing I do in the morning mm-hmm. is look at my phone yeah, uh, to see what's news. Sure. <laughs> of
2: course. Our communities are calling on us and are expecting more and more content from us, partially maybe because the newspapers have been scaling back in recent years. But um, there's a very high expectation for local TV stations – and all of their platforms to do more. And so that has led to some expansion, some sig- significant expansion in our industry.
0: It used to be just you, people wake up to traffic and weather. Now now they want everything. They right? want
2: everything. They want us to make sense. I mean, it's a complicated world. And um, they want us to make sense out of it for, for them. They want everything from the immediacy of breaking news, weather, and traffic to in-depth stories with context. And as as Leslie was saying, the the -the over-the-top platform. I mean, they're looking for depth, context, perspective, in addition to breaking. And so we've had to expand our skill set. We've had to actually add positions, too, which is really very rewarding. But um, we can't be just um, a one-trick pony, so to speak, where it's only breaking news and immediacy. We need more context and perspective, and it's – It's something that I think will continue to make us viable in the future while continuing to add jobs.
0: Do do you have times of day where people want more? Obviously, you track that. Are are people that hungry in the morning? Is it in the afternoon on
2: their way home?
0: What, What time?
2: It depends on the platform. I mean, there's still the traditional get me out the door with a morning newscast that Checks all the boxes for news, weather, traffic, yeah. breaking news. Set me up for the day ahead. Throughout the day, they want short bursts of information um, because they don't have if they're if they're if they're working a traditional schedule, they don't necessarily have a ton of time for in depth. The evening is when we find there's a big appetite for in depth and certainly um, content that is not time specific. That's where podcasting comes in. That's where OTT also comes in. And it looks like you know the landscape is demanding for us to be viable in all of those areas. We can't say, hey, we're only a breaking news operation or we're only an investigative operation for us to be as strong and to serve their needs. We have to excel at all of these things.
0: So I'm probably overgeneralizing. I'm sure I am. But uh, when I read something online... From a broadcast entity, it's usually short. It's usually just the facts. Gives me just the information. Uh, I still go to newspaper sites, magazine sites, online, of course, not not in hard copy, to get real in-depth, long pieces, uh, stories. Is that a trend that will continue or is broadcast expanding where you give the short burst and then you give the, the, I hate the term, deep dive, but you really dig into something?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the story is incremental throughout the day. So if there are stories, um, some stories are only 15, 20 seconds on television sure. and therefore sure. only five or six lines on digital. But if we assign a reporter to something, if you look at the evolution of that story throughout the day, you should be seeing more depth.
1: I um, still think it's a bit shorter than what you are finding, you know, in, in maybe a print publication that's on the digital version. I think naturally writing is different for broadcast than it is, sure. you know, obviously for print. But also I think it it depends on how how large is your newsroom versus a smaller market who may not have enough people to devote so much time to go in-depth on digital. But then there are other newsrooms where we have fantastic digital content producers who they create content specifically for our website and it never airs on broadcast. And so I think it's really dependent on the market. Um, the news director, the general manager, you know, the resources that they're given and how they sort of handle those local stories. And this is hyper-local news. This isn't something that is a national story. But hyper-local for that market. I think those are a lot of things that dictate how in-depth maybe a story would be.
2: We've had a strong investigative team Mm -hmm. at our shop for decades. The expectations of the investigators used to be like two stories a month. Um, that's changed and we, it's been based on what the audience is looking for. We do investigative quick turn stories every day and that adds a lot of value to you know, the content that we're providing to people. It doesn't mean we don't do three-month long investigations also but we knew based on market research, based on what the audience was looking for, we needed to make that pivot. Not easy, trying to turn things quickly. But um, we've had... It's
0: it's almost counterintuitive to the word investigative. (laughs)
2: You know what? If If you peel away layers of a story, you should be doing it every day. Yeah. I mean, if that's our goal, if our goal is to do more than surface reporting, we should be investigating every day.
1: And I think the appetite is there. You know, if you look at people's viewing habits outside of news... What do people love to watch? Dateline or Discovery or the ID channel and some of these types of topics that have a longer shelf life. It's not necessarily a day turn, you know, and that's what Gray Television does so well with Investigate TV and so many of our markets. You know, it's a story that could resonate in so many different places and the shelf life is so much longer. um, But the appetite for that content. Is just increasing, I think, so much differently than just maybe that typical daily news, day, news of the day type. Stuff.
0: So, so is there a market for uh, taking a national or global sc- story and localizing it to making it important to the people in your city and your region? You know that that seems to be something newspapers have done for for years. Uh, is that something that's a a growing trend in broadcast? I
2: I think it's always been something that we've done, and maybe it's a matter of just doing it better. Mm -hmm. So if you look at, you know, the crisis unfolding right now between Russia and the Ukraine, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. um, we certainly, speaking for, you know, news reporters, journalists in Cleveland, we have to be fully tapped in to the, you know, community, the the Ukrainian and the Russian communities in our community, and I think we've always needed to do that. What I think we need to do better is a little bit, a lot more of the how and the why, and that used to be, we used to leave that up to the national reporters, you know, networks and large market newspapers. Now we need to do more of that, and that's where um, some of the the long-form platforms work exceedingly well, like the OTT platform, uh, some of the things we do on our on our apps, you know, you want to be the number one source for news among any consumer you can. You, you know, as we want everybody to watch local like channel 19 Cleveland and CBS and everything we provide. But if they only come to us on any of the platforms, we want to be there for them soup to nuts on everything that will make sense of the world for them.
0: Talk about a changing consumer consumerism, I guess, of, of your product. It seems to me that morning shows are taking a, a much bigger role in producing news and information. It still, as a consumer, seems a little softer, uh, a little easier, a little less hard-hitting, but it's more substantive. Than it used to be. Is is that a correct perception?
2: Some of the people we um, we compete with are going softer. I'm happy to say we're not. I'm happy to say we're um, we're finding that the audience is looking to us for hard news, um, and in fact, we're going to be expanding our morning news. Um, so I think it's you know it's all a question of what the market research mm-hmm. may yield for a specific station. Um, I think, you know. I think there's enough of a market for soft, warm, fuzzy and fun we don't, that's, and that's fine if somebody chooses to go in that direction but that's not going to be us. It's not consistent with our overall brand at WOIO. I think um, there's a lot of folks that it's easy journalism. It's easy to achieve some of those things. It's harder to ch- achieve hard hitting. That's what we're aiming for. People
0: seem to like those morning anchors, too, a whole lot more than they like the other anchors.
1: (laughs) I think it's – I think a lot of it is also, you know, there's been research done. People's just overall way of life and their patterns have changed. No one stays up till 11 o'clock to watch the news. They wake up earlier. They're up at 4.30. They're up at 5 a.m. So your newscast starts at 4 a.m. Or, you know, and and so there's – there's more weight into a morning show because maybe people's lifestyles have changed, um, and you want to give them an overall better picture. You 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 still want the banter, maybe you want to have the light stuff, but you have to give them the hard hitting content. You still have to, you know. I always say, from a recruiting standpoint, when I'm looking for a morning anchor or a morning live reporter, you have to be so well rounded because at the turn of a switch, you have to be. On a breaking news story where there's a fire, you know, a downtown building is completely engulfed, whatever it is. But you were like at the local ice cream shop that just opened and we were doing a Valentine's Day story, you know, and then boom. You have to be so versatile that it is a different type of person that you have to be able to be so efficient
2: at both. COVID opened the door Mm -hmm. to stations that gravitated toward hard-hitting news.
0: Okay. Tell, me, tell me what you mean You know,
2: by that. The, the, there's been so much disruption in our lives that um, people were looking for their favorite TV station and radio station to make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many, there's so much about m- how are we going to navigate through this in our lives? Kids, you know, kids doing homeschooling while mom and dad may be doing work from home and we don't have a lot of time to, you know, we don't have a lot of space who does what when and where how do we help the kids if we're also you know we're also expected to you know our our, our work hours may have been flexed
1: and those first few months can i go to the grocery store oh. is it safe should i do the order and the delivery and do, do i need a, to, mask? Do I a mask do i have to wipe off work? my groceries <laughs> right do i need to change my clothes i mean all of the things those first few months were so scary and i know in my own home we had it on all the time my local channel it wasn't a CNN or a Fox News or MS, whatever your news of choice is at the cable or the network level. It was my local news station. And we were on every time the local health department had a, a news conference every day. We carried it live. And it was, it was like you just couldn't get enough of it.
2: We, we coupled with all that, you had civil unrest in a lot yes, of our the communities. social justice. You had uh, 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 an insurrection. So- I think, at least speaking from our own experience, the audience, our audience, grew um, because we provided them with the hardest-hitting content uh, possible. Um, you know, as opposed to you know, hey, we need you need a break from the bad things in the world. Well, there's a lot of other places they can go for a break. But if they've chosen to do a newscast, let's keep it as hard-hitting as we can and give them the context. And the perspective they're looking for to make decisions for their lives.
1: It was almost a maturing of the a f- audience. A forced
0: maturation.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I,
2: uh, I'm
0: interested in format uh, as well in, in news delivery. And if you look at local news, it has followed the pattern of the news preceding the network news, maybe a half hour following, not in all markets, and then the 10 o'clock or the 11 o'clock wrap up. You know, it's been that way my entire life. You know, do we need that? Is Are audiences demanding something different? Uh, why shouldn't I be able to pull anything I want up on demand instead of – Waiting, or or you know, I'm not home at six o'clock, or or I'm busy at six o'clock. Or you have with, children with and the he kids has a soccer and that, game, that, that, and then that, this one has a concert right. yeah. at eleven o'clock. I, I'm I, I want to turn my of head course. off
2: if I'm still awake. appointment viewing was in sharp decline before uh, the pandemic. Um, it made a huge resurgence during. Um, because we just weren't going places. Mm-hmm. We were just in the house, you know, day and night. So and you wanted mm-hmm. to reach out and touch. So someone, you really, so. yeah. And you what had are the
1: numbers. How many people? You know, it was like how many infections are there today? Yes. It was sort of that every four hours. It was so rapidly changing.
2: And, and it actually gave us opportunities for um, expanded newscasts or additional newscasts in this state. I mean, you joke about the wine with the wine phenomenon. That two p.m. That two p.m. Was an entry point into a really revolutionary thing we did—a 3 p.m. news, because the governor was kind of wrapping up at 3:10, 3:15, and we're like, "Why are we going to go to a syndicated program when the breaking news of the day just happened?" We got to make sense out of this. We got to bring in some experts. We got to react to this. Okay, these numbers seem to be going in the wrong direction. What are we going to do about it? How is this going to play out in Cleveland based on what we just heard? So. But to your point, I think appointment viewing is probably going to, you know, probably uh, decelerate again, um, and that speaks to us providing the content um, on demand, um, whenever the audience seeks it.
0: So, logistically, that has to be problematic for for stations and and ownership like Gray. You know, how do you do that? How do you how do you convert? You know, traditional news to on-demand news.
2: So, you know, all of the people we bring on board are highly skilled, multi-skilled people, and so they do need to be as um, comfortable with digital platforms mm-hmm. as they are with traditional TV platforms. And it, it does take a, a culture. Your news, your newsroom culture needs to um, value every platform as much as the next. The, the, the sales departments are are slowly but surely growing, um, you know, platform agnostic where it's mm-hmm. all about, hey, we want to sell this content. We want to monetize this content Cross regardless of what yes. it is because that's, you know, that's the business. The more well, On we, your
1: OTT, there's oh, five commercial breaks every hour absolutely. on OTT streaming, five three-minute breaks. So that's 15 minutes they can sell an
2: hour. And that will fund – more journalists Correct. to bring more people on board to acquire the content. So I think, you know, I think the future is very strong for what we do. But it takes a lot of takes a lot of wherewithal it takes from a manager's perspective, from a news leadership perspective, we've got to create um, workflows that put the journalists in the best position to succeed. Mm-hmm so that they're not just running around going in lots of different directions without any kind of strategic guidance. Um, but it, I think it's a, great, it's a great time to get into news. I think it's a terrific time to get into news. I think there's a lot of people um, who can satisfy all of their creative instincts and their creative goals because we're now giving them opportunities to do short form and long form. And I
1: think, you know, Gray, excuse me, Gray Television has done a great job of of providing the OTT News Desk Centers for, I think we're in over 80 of our markets. So we have 113 television stations across 38 states. Over 80 now have the OTT News Centers built into their newsrooms, which is where they can do the streaming content. Um, The following, you know, the other 20-something that are still waiting for that equipment um, are just stations that were recently acquired by the company and that, that equipment is coming to them. So I think it's also just about the infrastructure and the technology you need in your newsroom to generate that content along with the staff.
2: We can create content any time of day or night, even if we're not, a control room is not staffed. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, uh, not theoretically, in actuality, yes. when we were doing the 2 p.m., Breaking news updates with mm-hmm. the governor. Right. We were one guy putting it on television, mm-hmm. putting it on digital, talking, adding pictures, adding lower thirds. All by it's kind of like the old George George Michael <laughs> sports machine <laughs> yeah, where he's it. rolling his own I videos. That. I love it. From Washington.
1: Do you it, have the music? Could yeah. you that?
2: <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't mean hey, we're just going back to just let's hey one person to do everything. No. It gives makes us more nimble mm-hmm. to get things on at the drop of a hat, even if we're not fully staffed for it.
1: You can be so efficient in any breaking news situation, but then it makes it, you know, just so much easier that 24-7 cycle.
0: So it seems like you're looking for someone who is part of technician and part journalist, and just to be one or the other doesn't make it in this modern broadcast That's right. industry. That's is, right. Is that
2: right? That's right. And, and it's it's been – we've been going in that direction for, for a long time. I think reporters needed to become more skillful in photography and audio production, um, and now with the additional tools that exist – it puts us in a position where um, you don't have to wait for someone who's more skilled than you to present the content, get the content out to a mass audience. If you've got these skills, and we train people, they don't you don't walk in knowing <laughs> all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you can commit, if you've got a good foundation of journalism. We'll continue to grow your journalism and teach you computer-assisted reporting and investigative reporting and all those things. And also teach you some of these skills that may be more suitable, you know, maybe traditionally the work of a technician, but it makes you more valuable and it makes you much more adept at reaching mass audiences on all platforms.
1: And I also think the equipment that we have today and the technology that's at our fingertips. Is so much more user friendly. It's so much easier to troubleshoot something that isn't working. And so, if there is that digital news anchor who's also producing and pulling up the photos and going to the governor in a live feed, it's easier to do that because the machines themselves are so smart, and it allows us to be able to sort of juggle all of the balls in the air at the same time. Far more
0: intuitive, right? And if
1: you think about, you know, young journalists, you know, that we met with here on campus, these are young professionals that are so good at what they're doing because they don't know any different you know they've they've had the iPads and their cell phones their entire lives and the technology it's it's so natural to them they don't have to be trained at a hardcore level to to do that and execute it cleanly
0: well, what role do you see podcasting in you know, television broadcasting—it's uh, been adapted to newspapers quite well. The daily for the New York Times, the Washington Post does a daily uh, podcast a- a- as well. What role are you seeing audio uh, take in broadcast?
2: We um, we're a little late to the game at my particular station, but we are launching podcasts in April, um, and we think it's really important because. Um, we want our product to be portable. We want people to sit in their car and for us to have some value if they're taking a four-hour drive on, on a vacation. Um, we acquire a lot of this content anyway. We see ourselves initially launching with a whole lot of true crime investigative stories. Oh, highly popular. <laughs> they are. They are. And cold cases and, and all sorts of things that have – a long shelf life. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for us to include that in everything we do. We're thinking long range while we're also thinking short range. So I don't think there's any turning back. I think we will be launching it for um, some sports stuff, which I think has been highly popular around the nation. Sure. We hope to launch it for politics and business style shows and things like that.
0: Do you think it will – Satisfy a portion of the audience you already have, or will it bring in new audience? For example, here we've expanded our podcasting because we bring in new audience far beyond our region, far beyond our 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 signal, far beyond our broadcast footprint.
2: I think you make a good point. I mean, um, we tend to think only in our market, but for digital platforms. Um, People – we want viewership everywhere. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're consuming our content in New York, LA, Chicago, or, or London.
0: You want people to touch your brand, to in touch some, the brand in some form.
2: The the, the, the sales folks that um, that monetize our content are just as happy with a, a click from out of market as in mm-hmm. because that's how the advertising community is, is looking at it. So there's opportunities – for us to have a greater reach outside of market than ever before.
0: So let's talk content uh, a, a minute. Uh, is there still value in the car wreck, the 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 fire? Uh, yes. If it's yes. visual,
1: you know, everyone's sharing it on social media anyway, right? Everyone creates
2: content every so day. So if
0: everybody's sharing it on social media, why do you have to?
2: We apply – it, it, journal at the standards of journalism. I don't mean journalism. to be argument- No. <laughs> we, it's, a, it's a great point. You can trust us. Yes. We 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 need to be credible. Correct. You know, a lot of I'll, I won't begin getting into how we've been disparaged mm-hmm. as a as an industry, mm-hmm. but we can be sued for libel mm-hmm. and defamation. Um, we answer to the FCC. People think mistakenly that we are rogue and run wild Mm -hmm. but when we put a story on it's got to meet a lot of high standards great television hey they expect me to do to do our best to be as thorough and complete and as accurate as we can be um without a slant at all times Mm -hmm. and so i i think um there's no substitute for um People, highly skilled people applying, uh, applying these standards, even though, yes, anybody can obtain a piece of video um, uh, if they're, you know, if they see something uh, uh, that's newsworthy. But I think only um, skilled journalists that are held to high standards uh, have the credibility that you're looking for, the seal of approval, so to speak. Right.
1: But it's, yeah, it's the quality of the work and the audience is going to go find it, whether it was the person on the street or we're going to do it. So let us get the answers for you. Let us do it in the professional way that we can do it and present it properly. Um, And I think, you know, it just goes to show when you have something that happens locally in your market, you know, I spent 13 years on air in a small market in Illinois and, you know, NBC News Channel would call because, oh, there was a massive snowstorm and there was a hundred car pileup on the interstate this last week. You know, that was on the Today Show. It was on, you know, so those are images that, yeah, that happened yesterday, but they wanted it. It's just like, it's almost like visual candy. People still want to see the image on a news organization that is going to give you the information, you know. And I don't want to say candy in a way that negative news or, you know, when something is a tragedy, it's not eye candy but it's just the visual medium that we have um, in presenting the content that we are going to do it in, in a completely different way.
0: We'll be back after this message. The Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University seeks to not only educate students about today's communication industry, but to produce innovative leaders who will shape the future of communication and its methods of delivery in a rapidly changing technological landscape. Scripps provides leadership in communication by preparing students to be effective and responsible communicators in a global society and by advancing the field through creative activity and research. The Scripps College of Communication fosters multicultural awareness within a diverse community. It strives to create a climate of civility where leadership and innovation are prized and responsibility and accountability are understood. The college values curriculum, research, and creative activity that provide benefits to people regionally, nationally, and globally. Learn more at ohio.edu/slash Scripps College. If I'm going to be critical of us right. here mm. at, at you know, we do not do a good job of covering things that are important but not visual: religion, culture. Mm race and the deep issues around those things. Now I don't think we're unique. Mm-hmm. I think if you, I you know, put that out, it would probably apply to most broadcast entities. How can we maybe not cover the two-car accident in the time that we have, but do a better job looking at these systemic
2: issues? I, mean, I think we need to do both. I mean, that gets to the fact that there's different platforms that give us the opportunity to do both. I think um, there's still a, lo- a big appetite for, hey, what happened down the street? I heard a lot of police cars and fire engines. Yeah. That still has value to people. They make their decisions on whether to live in a neighborhood based on The that. town
0: crier, of yeah, course. Yeah, right. that's still
2: something that, that has value, but to your point- it opens the door to, you know, what more can we do that's more in-depth, that has more context, and we should not be afraid of things that are traditionally not visual mm-hmm. because we have so many tools to create visuals mm-hmm. in, this, in this day and age, as long as we sit down and strategize and think it through. You know, the graphics capabilities of a, of a journalist these days is, is greater than ever. Um, there's so many ways... If you're a good storyteller, I, I I pay attention a lot to Bob Dotson. He still teaches classes. He And the name of the class is, I want to write like Bob Dotson. <laughs> now, it says writing, but it's, <laughs> I wa- it's really I want to produce like Bob. I want to conceptualize yeah. a story like Bob mm-hmm. Dotson. It takes years to get to that level. But that's what we should all be aiming for because that does exactly what you're saying. I mean I can – I'm not afraid to tackle a challenging story that may not have pictures initially, but I can create them. I can create imagery for the audience if I think it through at a high level.
1: And I think that you know, it's it's news directors like Ian and and so many others that it it's the compelling content and the audience drives what's compelling. The compelling content might be the two car crash to someone or the snow pileup, but the compelling content can also be the religion the systemic problems, the deeper stories. So it's – it's the audience is so diverse in what they want to consume. We're trying to give something to everyone um, and, and keep it compelling and meaningful and it's making an impact in that community. I mean at the end of the day, our local TV stations are – want to remain hyper-local and – you really have to be so connected to your audience to know what's resonating with them. What, what are we missing? What are we hitting the mark on?
0: See, I can teach people the mechanics of journalism mm-hmm. and, and have for years. But I can't teach them innate and inherent curiosity mm-hmm. and, and that's what I hear you, you saying. You mm-hmm. have to, to – to be a good journalist in today's market, you have to be curious. And you have to really ask questions.
2: I spoke to one of the students this morning who was incredibly bright. And I could see his thinking it through at a high level. I said, what's the biggest story on campus these days from your perspective? And she referred to uh, a a series of unsolved rapes on campus. And I said, so what's going to be your next story on this? I think she termed it a serial rapist. I'm like, whoa, this is a big deal. This is awful. I said, what's your next story? She says, I think I've run out of ideas. I said, well, have you investigated um, – do, do you have calling boxes where – The
1: blue box. The blue boxes, boxes where like you can get a right. safe
2: ride home? Do they all work? Have you done self-defense?
1: How many times have they been used?
2: Yeah. I mean, are you getting – are they getting tips since the last time you did the story? Do they have a composite or are they getting close? Do they think this is someone in the campus community or do they think this is somebody from outside? And just through talking, through she goes, "Wow, I got like five stories." I'm like, "That's it's what like we all my, need to do." Yeah, in when our my new five-year-old church.
1: talks to me, and he'll say, "But why?" "But why?" And I'll give him an answer. "But why?" I'll give him an answer. "But why?" But it is. It's your almost, five-year-old's
0: a good reporter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you almost just have to keep asking because there's always something. And also, I think something even I did as a young journalist. I don't. I didn't really listen. When I was starting out as an MMJ, I was always so focused on what's my next question? What's my next question? And I wasn't invested in the time that the person is I'm speaking with was answering. And if you listen, become a better listener. That will lead you to your next question naturally.
0: I tell my reporting students, don't go in with a list of questions. Because you, thank you. You know somebody's going to answer question three, and you're, and out. then you're going to go grow your list. Uh, then you're going to go back and ask the same question over again because you haven't listened.
1: And they look at you like, what? I just answered that. <laughs> but it's so exactly. true. Be a better listener, everyone. I mean, I I work on it daily, but it is. It's such a good skill,
0: skill set. Uh, for young journalists or anybody enter, entering communication field, uh, seems to be in our multicultural uh, country that we need to expand language skills. if If I were advising a first year student, I would say be fluent in Spanish. yes. Be yes. fluent in Spanish, yes. When you leave, and whatever you have to do study abroad whatever yes. you have to do but be fluent in at least Spanish
2: absolutely we we agree wholeheartedly we every position we post now has a bilingual uh, journalist preferred mm-hmm. and including meteorology mm-hmm. including meteorologists
1: if you're a good candidate please yes, sign up please call right us at TV right slash now. careers. there's
2: an opening Um we launched a Telemundo affiliate, so we're CBS, we're CW, and we're Telemundo. Great! As also, of,
1: just purchased Telemundo yes. in Atlanta, Georgia. I we have Telemundo in yeah. several Texas stations.
2: And so, yeah, I think it's not just having the language skills; mm-hmm. it's having um, the awareness of, of cultural differences mm-hmm. and how it, you know, presents an opportunity for some terrific reporting, opening the door to different communities that we haven't really paid attention to before in our content. Um, and I think a lot of what we are doing is, you know, we're looking at where the audience is going and how the audience is changing and knowing that, um, I mean, you could be in a, in a market like Cleveland where there's now, there's only one radio station for Spanish language news and one television station. And, you know, I think, I, I pre- like Leslie was saying, I mean, our company is pretty f- forward-thinking, in um, in investing in resources in that direction, and the more individuals, we used to say, "Hey, if you're going to be when you, you want to be a journalist in the future, you have to be able to do poli- no politics, no economics, business reporting, mm. you know, arts and culture." Spot have news, a specialty. Have a sp- yeah. Now it's a matter of you also should know about communities of color and have a deeper understanding and respect for doing good journalism. Mm-hmm. You know, and air, and you may not be a member of that community. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be afraid to to sink your teeth, mm-hmm. you know, into content that may be um, different and unusual for you at first. But that's what the audience is looking for. And if you have innate curiosity, you can be really impactful with
0: it. Especially in your area in Cleveland, you have so many yes. uh, rich cultural heritages mm-hmm. there that, yes. that resonate still today.
2: I mean, you look at, you know, again, the current crisis that we're looking at in Europe. I mean, we have Ukrainian communities that have been in, in the Cleveland area for decades. You know, there's people from Eastern Europe, all, all, you know. And so we, I you know, I want to, I met I had the privilege of meeting Peter Jennings like 35 years ago. We're at like a journalism conference. I said, so Peter, what's the secret? What's your secret? What should we all learn from? And he said, I'm the, just the most curious person in the room. I just want to know more. I just want to ask more questions. I and, and he said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I never went to college. I'm like, Peter, you never went to college? He goes, no. But I'm, I gravitated to this because I'm the most curious person imaginable. Mm-hmm. I think that's what will serve us well as, you know, whether we're a news director, general manager, an anchor, or, or a reporter.
1: And I think it's, It's so important in any market now. We have to be reflective of the world that we are living in. It's not just in Cleveland. No. It's not just in Atlanta. It is in small markets across this country in rural areas where people are settling into jobs that they can find, raising their children. And we just need to be more reflective overall. And if you have that skill set and you are bilingual – you're only going to connect with your community even more.
0: Let me ask one last thing, and that is projecting to the future. You know, as uh, teaching students, we have to not only look what skill set they need to get into the market, but what skill set are they going to need five years, 10 years from now? Because uh, as we all know, media has changed more probably in the last Five years than it did the previous sixty, you know, in 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 so many in in so many ways, and and my question is, what are children who now have tablets in their cribs, who are digital, not just digital natives, but you know they're digital attached. What are they going to expect when they become young adults or adults as far as news and information?
2: I'll try I'll try it out but this, I, that's a tough question and a Lean great...
1: into that I so uh,
2: I think one thing is of a technical nature. maybe it's data analysis understanding data because there's data coming at them from every which direction. And that leads to good journalism and good reporting. You have to make sense mm-hmm. of data, um, something I was never trained in and really don't have the skills for. Um, and then, so that's very much a kind of a you know a process of learning how to handle data. And then it's the other side of it, the ethics of it, the the impact of reporting on it, the the um, the fact that um, we still need to data's got to have meaning. So that's more traditional journalism. How do we provide meaning to things? But um, the data that is out there and available um, will present great opportunities. Data
0: data analysis, data uh, visualizations.
2: Yeah, there's things that your guys are studying here on campus that I can't even probably pronounce. But that stuff is going to be hugely important because it's um, potentially content. It's potentially content if you could make sense out of it. So specializations that we can't even envision right now, medical data, you know, You know. social media data. I have, you know, I, I'm mystified by it, but I know it is a fertile area for content.
1: And who knows what social media is going to look like 10 years from now? You know, I have two little boys in kindergarten and second grade, and I think, what will that be like in 10 years it's incredible, and I don't even. There's almost no answer to that.
0: I've been I've been thinking about this a, a, a bit, mm-hmm. and and you, you got to understand, I grew up with. Three cha- channels and a rabbit ears on top of my small TV. Did that's you have a, a remote, or did you a, have
1: to get up and change? Oh no, the I was
0: I was the family you remote. I had to walk across and change <laughs> it, change the channel, turn it up, turn it down.
1: You know, did you just sit on the floor? Yeah, right
0: there? I did. <laughs> Pretty much, but not too close because the beams would oh. make you oh blind. Goodness. Right. <laughs> so, oh. but but all of that was. As I call it, media is monologue, because you know the 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 news organizations, newspapers back then, as much as broadcast, maybe even more, mm-hmm. controlled the news, and they told you what you consumed, and your only choice was either to choose to turn it off or or not. You didn't have a wide range of choices to other things to go to. So that was monologue now i think we're in an era of media's dialogue we talk about everything and we have to talk about everything and we have to talk to you back to the station and we have to talk to you and we have to tell you what we like and what we don't like and where you made a mistake and uh, you know it's
1: exhausting well,
0: it's it's exhausting but i don't think that's going to be enough for these young children that are raised in on media and raised on devices. And I think we're going to get to a point where they're going to start demanding media as experience. And how are we going to translate that to news? Obviously, we can't do a VR on, on mm-hmm. every news story, mm-hmm. but how are we going to have people experience the news, mm-hmm. not just hear it?
2: And how are we going to teach folks to value the credibility of some sources versus others? And and, still the ethics. And and not everyone gets an equal voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of the issue. If somebody studies studies biology for 20 years, you might say they have a really important voice in a certain conversation. But if we're saying somebody who studied it for 20 minutes has an equal voice with someone who studied it for 20 years – we got a problem, and can we teach people to value and discern one source versus another? I hope so, but I don't know. And
0: I, I'm wondering how we take gaming technology—not game, not gaming, but gaming technology—and apply right. it to news. That's interesting. To, uh, as, as we get people mm-hmm. to experience mm-hmm. certain aspects, yeah. You know, how how do we do that? You look at at Madden NFL, Mm -hmm. you know, it's been around for, what, 35, 40 years. And and why? Because anybody who plays it wants that much, just a fraction of what it might be like to be an NFL quarterback. feeling, the experience. That that, that feeling. It's an experience. So how do we translate that to news in in an era where people are going to be demanding more and more, not just
1: more platforms?
0: but more experience.
1: That's a really great question that I think I don't even know that the technology has even been invented yet. It probably has not. You know, but <laughs> you know? I, I think it it's sort of
0: but it's something I think we have to be thinking 100%. about as we as we project these young people are leaving at 20 years old and let's say they have a 25 30 year career career mm-hmm. life they're going to be experiencing these things. Mm-hmm. The
2: closest thing I could think of, it's not an answer to your question, but it's kind of an illustration of it maybe um, for an old-fashioned news consumer like myself, is the Madden version of Monday Night no, – I'm sorry, the, the the Peyton and Eli Manning version of Monday Night Football versus the traditional Mon- – or, or last night, the All-Star game mm. where the guys were doing banter on TBS – and a traditional broadcast on, on TNT maybe that leads us to maybe that's where this more, goes.
0: more more of the experience uh, but also, that what will might broad- be the tip of the iceberg
1: and what will broadcast television be like it might just all be street you know it's it's so hard to what will those platforms be
0: but young people have to have the skills to
1: adapt
0: mm-hmm during their professional careers and I think as educators we have to give them those skills and really look at having a strong foundation in the basics of, of what's a story, how you, how you source a story, right. how, and then how you tell a story in the most effective ways and then take them beyond that.
1: If you – like capital J journalism, that is the foundation. If you can't grasp it, understand it, want to do it, it's not going to work.
0: Ian, Leslie, I appreciate the conversation. It's been fun.
2: Same here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: We've been talking with Leslie Van Ness, Director of Talent Acquisition for Gray Television, and Ian Rubin, TV and Digital News Director at WOIO-TV in Cleveland. We've discussed the role of local TV news in 2022. Spectrum is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your host, Tom Hudson. Please subscribe to Spectrum. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or at NPR One. Spectrum also is available at the NPR podcast directory. We always welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast or review it through one of your favorite podcast outlets. If you have questions or comments about our podcast or have suggested topics for us to cover, please direct them to me by email. You can do that at hodson at Dot edu. That's Hudson H-O-D-S-O-N, at Ohio edu. Have a good day, everyone.